We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat, as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. tell you one thing the media absolutely adores ray epps for some reason and look normally the news of the day isn't something that i i, I gravitate towards as the main part of my show but it's a two-hour show number one and, and number two this is an important on a lot of levels Number, number one, it shows the media that is completely discredited, 60 Minutes in particular. I'm going to show you one short clip before we even play the full Ray Epps 60 Minutes bit. And look, they, they released three minutes of it on YouTube. It's like a 10-plus minute fluff piece on this guy. And it's not even a fluff piece. I, I want to be very clear before we get going. I have zero, zero new information that would either confirm Ray Epps to have worked with any type of law enforcement agency. Zero. None. And I'm not going to make any accusations that he was clearly a Fed or a federal asset or any of those things. Not going to say that. I'm not going to entrap myself because we're in the post-truth world and people have to understand that it's not just the FBI, it's not just the NSA, it's not just an asset or an informant. There are so many things going on that through legalese and language, really, you can create your own reality. So you have to be extremely careful. And then the other thing is, January 6th has been referred to again and again and again and again as a national security incident. And once a national security incident happens, all bets are off, everything is off the table, and they're allowed to lie to you. 
They have created loopholes to lie to you and everybody else. And they've made it, quote unquote, legal. Legal. Through years and years and years of bureaucracy and the expansion of that bureaucracy, and quite frankly, the general populace not having a spine and not standing up to atrocities that were in our face via 9-11, really. Every time I think about 60 Minutes and all these other ones, you know, they've lied so much about that incident. They should never be trusted ever again. Ever, ever, ever again. They have no credibility. They haven't since then, period. And then again, the nightmare we all lived through the last several years speaks for itself. I still can't speak about it in any sort of detail here. We have to go to another platform to do so. So before Epps, we'll play a, a, a clip of Leslie Stahl and Donnie T. When Donnie T is the president and he's running against Biden and she just goes, she just straight up looks him in the face, tells him there is no scandal with Joe Biden and his son and that laptop. There, it's not, it's a non-scandal, not number one. That right there obviously has been discredited, but every time you hear about it, it's, oh, there's a far right and conservative media. No, <laughs> no. Look, I could care less about Hunter Biden and his wang dangle if that didn't compromise him, number one, okay, that he wasn't involved in all sorts of crooked dealings with his father, pay-to-play, gangster style. And then there are allegations that go far beyond that, that are very tough to corroborate, that may or may not may or may not involve people underage, period. All that stuff does concern me. That is a scandal. It would be a scandal anywhere. I, I mean, just number one, let, let's take surface level, surface level of he's not in a scandal. If your son had you in their phone as pedo Peter, if that was a thing, you failed as a father. No matter what's on the surface level, you failed as a father. And it, it just brings up numerous questions that would also involve what? The Ashley Biden diary that apparently is also a non-scandal. But the coup de grace of that clip, again, hate Trump, love Trump, what, it doesn't matter. We have to go into a place called reality and what was going on. His campaign was obviously spied on from the beginning, from the outset, 100%. It's not debatable. And he says that to her. And she goes, no, no. So I have to stop you. She has to stop him. That's the kind of journalism that 60 Minutes is. Literally told a sitting president, love him or hate him, there was no scandal with his opponent, with just, <laughs> with glee, really. And then told him again that the national security apparatus didn't spy on his campaign. But, but again, I, I, I'm misinformation. I'm disinformation. I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. So look, 
before we get to the Epps piece and 60 minutes before that, and I've got a slew of other clips on a few other topics that I do want to talk about. I want to do some housekeeping. When I make a mistake, I admit the mistake. So, you know, we were talking about RFK quite extensively. It might have been in the first hour, second hour. I talked about his throat. I, I had said it, it, I, I thought that it was cancer. I wasn't sure about it. No, it's not. It's some other type, type of disorder. We want to get that out of the way. Hate getting things wrong, period. But when we do, we admit it. We're human beings. We make mistakes. If I was going to be 100% right all the time, I wouldn't be a human. That's not a real thing. I'd kind of be the anti-AI because AI doesn't exist and it's just programmed to control you at this point. And it always will be. Someone will always control the AI. That's also one of those things they're not telling you. And then I, I just kind of want to talk about like legitimate criticisms and then just outright trolling and what that means. And, and really later on, I want to talk about big grifts too, but we'll, we'll get into that when we get into the psychic arena, that might even be an hour too. But, but grifting comes up a lot. And, and what do I think a grifter is on any level? When I think grifter, I think somebody that is knowingly telling you information they don't believe, okay, for a certain outcome, usually to enrich themselves. And there are plenty of them in every single arena in, of life, everyone. Make no mistake about it. It's just, unfortunately, the world we live in, right? I, I wish things were different. They're not. They're not. That's just the way it is. So look, you, you've got to take information from all angles, right? All angles. And as far as like criticisms, I don't think are legitimate. One, you know, I saw somebody in my uh, in my comment section about, I think it was the Woody Harrelson video, the last video we did over at Red Voice. And they talked about trans propaganda. I'm putting out trans propaganda in the first couple of minutes. Look, we're going to get into it later. We're going to talk about ecto-life. We're going to talk about a world of artificial babies and the upside-down world of unzipped genes. And wh whether, whether somebody likes it or not, that this whole trans movement is one of transhumanism, ultimately. It is disassociating you from your biological reality so you can infinitely identify as whatever you like. And, and you can say that's a far-right idea, but I ain't far-right, and I don't know that Martine Rothblatt's far-right, and I don't know that the people that are advocating this, which, which are on a, I mean, massive level at this point, you see it everywhere in our culture. We've been slowly groomed. I know you guys hate that word, but we've been groomed to accept it goes beyond uh children just to, just so everybody knows no as a society we we have been groomed to accept digital slavery on a multitude of levels and ultimately they want us to accept this transhumanist future that's that's real that so that person's criticism you know are they a troll do they not get it are they just completely um triggered by the idea that Basically, this movement isn't one of liberation and civil rights. I don't know, but there's a little housekeeping on that. And then I want to be, I want to just like quite frankly talk about how a lot of people don't know this, but I am attacked on so many levels. Obviously, the mainstream media doesn't love my stuff, right? 
Don't get me get me wrong. I feel a lot of love. I did a interview this weekend with a couple of guys that are doing a uh, a video uh, documentary on Zorro Ranch. And you know, I ultimately forgot I was actually going to play that video. We still might do that if we have time, but maybe we'll save it for tomorrow. Where, you know, I played the Menudo video from years ago. And with Zorro Ranch and Epstein and the fact that it was never investigated, there was one story in particular I forgot about talking with them. That was the biggest thing. And I talked about a ton of stuff with these guys. But it was the connection of Courtney Love and Epstein and the allegations that Courtney Love's father had made about what they did to the vast majority of the girls that were involved in those rings. And it's not good. Okay. And that video is still up. Um, perhaps we'll play it, but I think, again, it shows how ahead of the curve we are. And I think on a lot of levels, we're attacked because of that. Like I have people that attack me just to try to get attention because they don't get a lot of attention. And, and quite frankly, I, I would imagine that their, their home lives are awful. Like their apps, their actual, like this, don't get me wrong. This is very much a part of my life. I got a lot more going on every day, every day, you know, they don't, have real family interactions. They don't have friends. Those things, social life is important, guys. Human interaction is so important. So they delve into these worlds. And then you have people that are either like completely delusional, but then they always end up in court with people. See, that, that that's always something that's like, oh. And anytime I see somebody in court with somebody all the time, I back up. I don't even say their name. I ignore them. I put them on mute. I don't care. And then one final thing before we get to the Epps video and the Trump video in 60 Minutes and how terrible they are. You know, I've seen the criticism now. Oh, you're a sellout. You bought the blue check mark. Still don't have it, by the way. And I, again, I only bought that the day they cut me off from video streaming, thinking that that would solve the issue. Right. And they act like, oh, you didn't get confirmation. That was like, the, I, first of all, I haven't been verified. I paid for a full year. We're working on like almost two weeks. I, I guess we'll we'll wait up to two months before we really complain and maybe file something with the Better Business Bureau. But just so everybody understands, like out of my own pocket, I paid a stream on Podbean. I paid a stream on Rumble. And now I'm paying basically for that check mark so I can stream and put longer videos out on Twitter because I want to get this information out. And people can say, oh, well, you're using their systems. I have to use their systems. They're the biggest systems out there. A hammer is a hammer, man. Do you get it? Like, like it's already an unlevel playing field. What am I supposed to do? Bend the knee and give up? No. I'm going to double down. I'm going to I'm going to play the game to a point where hopefully I can disrupt the system. It's about reaching to people that are scrolling through cat videos as much as it's reaching the audience that might become active. You never know who you're reaching. And finally, another reason we're focusing on Epps today is because a lot of people are going to get convicted in January 6th this week, maybe next week. But I, I, I just want people to be prepared. Uh, the narrative is pushed here on 60 Minutes that the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys, right, they planned an insurrection. They're the, they're, we, they've got the evidence. They don't present any of the evidence. That, that's nonsense. But these people are in D.C. courts 
okay, with the full weight of the government up against them. And uh, I, I think that the only way that these people are not going to serve the maximum sentences is after they get convicted. And ho I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's a shocker. I hope that some of these guys actually get let off. But look what they did to those people in Michigan. It's almost like double jeopardy. Some of them got off and then all of a sudden they didn't. It's all optics. So in, in my opinion, I think that if they're able to get an appeal and then a change of venue some years down the line, eventually they may have them overturned. I mean, you look at Chansley and really just because Tucker put that video out, make no mistake, that's what did it. Once Tucker put that video, all of a sudden he's in a halfway house. He's supposed to serve several more years in prison. And they wanted to make examples of these people. Okay. So let's start. And by the way, thumbs it up, subscribe and share, like it, email it, tell people the show's on. Remember to subscribe over, uh, over on Rumble to uh, the Red Voice Media channel as well. And we will be heading at the top of the hour to the premium section, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason or redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. I want to remind people it's only $10 a month, uh, a buck to sign up for the first week or lock it in, support the broadcast, truth and journalism, speaking up. I mean, we're trying to make it any way we can here and any way we can by telling the truth, by the way. 100 bucks for the year helps a lot. Save 20. All right. So I want to play the clip. And this is Donnie T and Leslie Stahl. I want to remind everybody what liars these people are because <laughs> they're proven and proud liars. Make no mistake about it. They, they love lying. And, and look at the glee at which Leslie Stahl just lies in Trump's face. You know what? You the, like this, the, I thought. I thought you liked I don't mind spots, it. I don't mind spark. it. But when I watch him walk out of a store and he's walking with a ice cream and the question the media asks him what kind of ice cream what flavor ice cream do you have <laughs> and she laughs about it <laughs> yes we do that <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah no no we do that yes 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 <laughs> he, we like his ice cream donnie <laughs> and he's in the midst of a scandal he's not and he's taking look there's look she's so happy she just laughed in his face about the ice cream thing. And now she's going to tell him he's not in a scandal. There is no Hunter Biden laptop. He's not. We like his ice cream. He's of course not. he is, no. Leslie. Come on. Of course he is. It's the biggest, second biggest scandal. So the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign. Well, there's Leslie. no real evidence. There's no, no real evidence we decide what's real we're the authoritative source look at this has there ever been a retraction or an apology for any of this but i but i'm i'm supposed to hail to saint epps after a 10-minute fluff and nutter piece <laughs> my goodness so that of course there is no. it's all over the place leslie Sir, they spied on my campaign and they can got I, can i say something you know this is 60 minutes and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't look, put on you. things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been that. totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And they, She's now said no to him. Three, no. 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 Three times. 
she's told him no, that this did not happen. It's in his imagination. He's the president of the United States. <laughs> no, we got to bring it back. We got to bring it back to the first. I'm sorry, we have to watch it again. The first no. So when you see anything on 60 Minutes, anything, uh, they, uh, they have no journalistic integrity whatsoever, period. My campaign. They spied on my campaign. Well, there's Leslie. no real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes. This is, she's like lecturing him like she's his mommy. Sir, this is 60 Minutes. <laughs> it's just, it's uh, scolding him like a child while she just outright goes no and lies to his face. And we can't put on things we can't no, verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on say, things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify It's been totally that. verified. No. It's been, just go no. down and get the papers. No. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. As a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. <laughs> no. No, as a matter of fact, I, I don't know that. No, no. So <laughs> when these people come out and they start talking Ray Epps to me in, in any way, shape or form. And, and by the way, they state they play with the in, insurrection and they show the evidence to Ray. There, there's one point, guys, I literally laughed out extremely hard. I mean, I lost, I had to pause it when I first watched this clip this morning. Okay. Cause, cause, cause look, I, I'd seen the three minute clip they put out. I wasn't going to watch 60 minutes last night. I tried to get to bed early. I think I tried to go to bed at like 10 PM my time. And I just tossed and turned all night long. I got some sleep, but it, you know, it kind of sucked. Well, it wasn't the kind of sleep that I, that I would enjoy. Because, I, you know, I think about this stuff. I think how, how absurd. No, no, no. And there's just a moment in that new 60 Minutes piece that is just, it's really, it's over the top. But again, we're, we're in the post-truth world, everybody. Make no, make no mistake. That is where we are. So let's see. We're gonna. I want to make sure we're nice and queued up right to the intro of how, how lovely they play it. Because some of the misnomers right out of the gates and and how they're preparing you for this narrative are outright lies and deceptions on their own on their own so let's do it this is uh 60 minutes loves ray epps because everybody loves ray man for millions of consumers of conservative news ray epps is a notorious villain a provocateur responsible for turning peaceful protests on january 6th into a violent assault on the U.S. Capitol. So let's just stop with the millions of conservatives. Again, I'm in reality, okay? There's not millions of conservatives that believe this. There are tens of millions. Tens of millions easily, all right? And there's also people like myself that aren't conservatives that don't believe what happened on January 6th was an insurrection 
and do believe that Ray Epps should be investigated and there was no meaningful investigation and the circumstances that they're about to lay out right here, right now are extremely suspect. And the thing is like, the, the guy like sternly looks at him just like Leslie would, but he's the father figure now, right? He's the father figure and he's like, you know how this looks. I, I have a baritone voice. You know how this looks. The irony is that Epps was a passionate supporter of President Trump, who went to Washington to protest the 2020 election. But his often contradictory behavior that day spawned a full-fledged conspiracy theory. His often contradictory behavior that day spawned a conspiracy theory. I don't know there was a lot of contradictory behavior. Like, what planet are we on? It's pretty obvious to me the guy was amongst the people and openly called to go into the Capitol, even if it was peacefully. And I'm sorry, you watch that first video where everybody's chanting, fed, 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 fed. The first thing he does is he goes, pops those lips. Mm. Can't believe it. Mm. That didn't go as well as planned. Mm. I don't like that. I don't like that. Just, again, just, that's an observation. I'm going to reiterate from the beginning of the video. I have no evidence he worked with or for any agency. But, <laughs> again, 60 Minutes is doing a little fluffy piece on him. Hmm casting him as a government agent who incited an insurrection. Today, Epps is in hiding after death threats forced him to sell his home. So who is Ray Epps? Tonight, you'll hear from the government and the man himself. And again, the government. I, I love the government. You should love the government. I trust the government. You should trust the government. Government never lie. Never ever. Uh-uh. And by the way, the Federal uh, Bureau of Investigation put their stamp on it. And I forget how it's phrased, but they say that um, he was neither an informant. You know, they don't use the term asset, um, agent or um, something else. He's never an agent or, an, I think, uh, some kind of a source or something like that. Okay, so the FBI's, uh, according to 60 Minutes, we reached out to the FBI and they assured us Ray Epps is clean. As soon as President Trump is finished speaking, we are going to the Capitol. It's that direction. At six foot four in his desert camouflage, bright red Trump hat and military style backpack, Ray Epps stood out from the crowd on January 6th. See, and, and here's the other thing. I, I mean, they want you to believe this is some kind of a militarized insurrection. Then why would a guy like that stand out? There was no militarized insurrection. There were people that were cosplaying in outfits like that one. And um, Epps is an ex-Marine, which they tell you several times here. He is an ex-Marine. That's him running toward the U.S. Capitol alongside the vanguard of rioters who first attacked and overran police. Now, from what I'm seeing right up there, am, am I crazy or is there already CS gas going on there? So then that wouldn't be total front line, but I'm not sure. Don't don't quote me. I, I know that that's the first thing as I started approaching it, and there was a bunch of people up there uh, that I smelled was the gas, by the way. Think when you see this now. It brings back some bad memories. 
And the way Ray talks about it being like, oh, I just seeing the cat. I think I was, I laughed out loud when he talked about seeing the Capitol under attack. Seeing the Capitol under attack. That's the Capitol under attack? Have you seen what capitals of other countries look like under attack? Don't look like that. I promise. It's hard to see our capital under attack. It's been more than two years since the storming of the Capitol. But the storming of the Capitol. Ray and his wife Robin told us they relive January 6th every day of their lives. You know, some people have said, well, just let it go and let it die down. It doesn't. What they don't understand is it doesn't. What? I mean, what did you expect? I mean, seriously, what did you expect? I mean, now now you just got you got to just believe he's a dumb lummox. Acted on his own. And look, the Tuckins alone, the, the Tuckins alone reaches tens of millions of people. Just pure, it, it just fact. What exactly was the role of Ray Epps in the chaos of January 6th? The theory, Epps, a former member of the Oath Keepers, was an FBI informant who incited the crowd on January 6th, bubbled up from a right-wing news site called Revolver News, run by a former Trump speechwriter. He's the smoking gun attack. of the entire Fedsurrection. And landed on Fox News primetime. According to a new investigation from Revolver, Epps may have led the breach team that first entered the Capitol on January 6th. The convoluted conspiracy theory made its way to Capitol Hill. It's not the Proud Boys who engage in the initial breach. It's Ray Epps at that precise moment. Where is the conspiracy theory of that? Well, again, I'm, I don't love Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think Matt Gates has problems. I do like a lot of his anti-war stance recently. But tell me where he's wrong right there. And then Massey's going to say this. Um, I can't confirm it. Massey's one of my favorites. So if Massey said this, this is really interesting. Because he talks about how would Ray Epps know about pipe bombs. Again, the pipe bomber still hasn't been caught. So that's a little bizarre. It's a little bizarre the pipe bomber even exists on January 5th. None of the bombs go off. Lots of weird things around that pipe bomb. They don't really talk about the pipe bomb. They just slip this part in, which is bizarre. How did Ray Epps know that there were going to be pipe bombs? Ms. Sadberg. I, I, yeah, I mean, is, is that confirmed? That would be a big thing. I, I need to look into Massey. Somebody maybe DM me uh, the information about Ray Epps. Ray Epps and the pipe bombs. Yeesh. Who is Ray Epps? That question has animated Fox News host Tucker Carlson for nearly two years. Ray Epps? He's on video several times encouraging crimes, riots, breaches of the Capitol. Carlson has focused on Epps more than 20 times on his top-rated show, a half dozen times so far this year. He's obsessed with me. He's obsessed with me. Um. There are people whose lives have been ruined that didn't go into the Capitol, number one. And then some who barely went into the Capitol. And supposedly, they're the ones that conspired for this quote-unquote insurrection. And they're looking at decades. And they're saying they're going to arrest another thousand people. And I'm just, I'm sorry. If you had any member of the Proud Boys, any member of the Oath Keepers, 
any member of any type of media or Trump consortium saying the things that Ray Epps said, they would have been the poster boy. Like, if Jones was on the megaphone saying the same words that Ray Epps was saying, instead of telling people not to do it, they would have played that clip on every single news channel again and again and again and again. And they still played with their Holly Weird producer, their, their TV producer for their show trial, not only clips of like Alex Jones, but Tim Poole wasn't even there. They're, they're showing clips of these people on their radio shows. So if those people were there, and said and did what Ray Epps did, it's a it's it's a flipped inverted script. Period. Amen. He's going to any means possible to destroy my life and our lives. Why? To shift blame on somebody else. If you look at it, Fox News, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Ted Cruz. Gates, they're all telling us before this thing that it was stolen. They're all telling us before this thing that it was stolen. They done riled me up. They're all telling us before. I mean, this guy's going with the narrative. I made a mistake because of the bad Republicans. The bad Republicans made me do it. They riled me up. So you tell me who has more impact on people, them or me? Epps, once a loyal Fox News watcher, told us he doesn't understand how he got cast as the villain. The Epps version is more mundane. They believed the 2020 election had been stolen from Donald Trump and considered January 6th a legitimate protest. So like anybody who's not Ray Epps, when they're on a 60 Minutes or a CNN or an MSNBC or a CBS or an ABC News, and they've questioned the election, they're an election denier. Oh, you're an election denier. Like, like that's how they frame you. They frame you as the villain. Oh, you're, you're questioning the election? You're an election denier. They'll ban you on social media platforms, including this one, for saying that you have evidence, right? Period. Which we're not doing. But I'm just pointing out how the media usually pre presents somebody who didn't believe it. But this one, gee, Fox News and Marjorie Taylor Greene, they, they fooled old Ray Epps. They're the villain. It was a sloppy election. And then to top that off, you have talking heads reporting that there's problems with the voting machines and different things like that. The election's stolen. So yeah, we had concerns. I, I wanted to be there. I wanted to witness this with my own eyes. Epps went to Washington with his 36-year-old son and almost immediately stepped into trouble. The conspiracy theory starts here, the night of January 5th. Give me one minute, give me one minute. Now he's asking to speak in a circle. He's put himself there. He's obviously trying to quote unquote be a leader, but I want to say it. He goes, LOL, this boomer is funny. <laughs> as soon as the Fed chant happens, you watch his mouth. 
and his mis his demeanor. I'm just you you make your own decisions. Okay. On the streets of D.C., tensions were running high at a pro-Trump rally being live streamed on the internet. The Marine veteran tried to take charge. I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail for it, okay? Like, already just him knowing by saying this, he could go to jail, says it, does it anyway. Gets the fluff piece, doesn't get arrested. Okay. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Now, look, look. Very sure of himself. Look at his demeanor and watch what his demeanor after the Fed chant. To summon the crowd. There it is. There, I mean, look. As the Fed chant takes off, you can see he starts getting uncomfortable when they start saying that. But as it takes off, he's not ready for it. Is that evidence of anything? I don't know. Again, you make your own decisions. That's what we do here. Epps seems so over the top, he must have been a government agent, a Fed sent to entrap them. When you said we have to go into the Capitol, we have to go into the Capitol. What, what were you thinking? I said some stupid things. My thought process. <laughs> I said some stupid things. And then they cut that. See how they're doing them all sorts of favors here? They got him well lit. He's in, he's in like um, it, it, what looks like a pink. It's actually a, a red and white little stripe pattern. He's non-threatening. He's well-groomed. He's not in his military garb. Right, they're cutting everything. I, I, I didn't said some stupid things. Okay. Yes, we surround the Capitol. We get all the people there. I mean, I had, I had problems with the election. It was my duty as an American to peacefully protest along with anybody else that wanted to. The next morning, January sixth, Epps was out by the Washington Monument. Well, everybody, look at that. I mean, I know I've played my footage from everywhere. But is there a big military coup takeover coming out right there? Or you see a bunch of people in regular clothes and some of them in red hats. I, I don't see all the Confederate and Nazi flags they told me were there. Do you see a lot of American flags? But again, narrative management. Still focused on a single goal. We are going to the Capitol where our problems are. It's that direction. Here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. And I love how they continually act like Trump was a part of this. I'm going to say it one more time. There was another protest that had been permitted up at the Capitol. Obviously not inside and not where what happened around the back. Like, like that doesn't happen. But no, 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 no. The media continually shows this clip without any real context acting like him and Ray Epps are the same. Where, where Where's the one where Trump, Trump said, we need to go inside the Capitol. <laughs> we need to go peacefully. I, I missed all that. And I was there. While President Trump was still speaking at the ellipse, Ray Epps walked toward the Capitol. He told us he wanted to be up front to help keep the peace. So 
it, it does appear, like I said right there, the CS gas is already kind of something's happened in the background. Um, but he's still among the first people there. It's incredible. That's inc that is incredible. There were tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, or perhaps even a million people there. Just wow. What happened next at Peace Circle, where protesters first overran police, is seen as a smoking gun. Epps pulled this agitated rioter aside and said something. Conspiracists say he was giving marching orders. Conspiracists say? Look, I don't know what that guy said to the other guy. Maybe Epps is telling the truth about this. But uh, again, amongst not a thousand people, not just tens of thousands, easily hundreds of thousands of people, bare minimum, he's there first? He's there first. I was going to go home after the ellipse. I was, I was on my way to my car, which I just happened to be up towards the Capitol closer. When I got the phone call that someone had been shot and killed and I needed to get up there, I'm like, what? And, and then you find out later on the person shot and killed was an unarmed woman inside. Just bizarre, no big deal. No biggie! Because seconds later, this happened. The first Capitol Police officer goes down. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. The first Capitol Police officer goes down. Look, anybody at all that was involved in any kind of actual assault or violence should be charged with what they did. No more, no less. You destroyed property. No more, no less. We have laws on the books. I'm sorry. The Capitol doesn't make it special, period. As closely as you can remember, what exactly did you say to him? Dude, we're not here for that. The police aren't the enemy, something like that. No, I'm just saying, if you were working with law enforcement, wouldn't you say something like that? Again, the violent part isn't, all you got to do is have the appearance of what, and that's all they got, by the way. It was not even really an appearance. It's the media construction is to go into the Capitol. As soon as that barrier's hit, everything's gravy. Did anyone? from the federal government direct you to be here at the peace circle at this time no no one from the fbi no your old comrades with the oath keepers no i think what no no and he, and he went in with the oath keeper again he's he's given every opportunity to deny any kind of involvement and he bring listen he even shows the evidence of where he's texting with his uh i think his nephew and he's like bragging about it. I helped orchestrate it. What? <laughs> What's so damning about the video is that there's a barrier there. The barrier gets knocked down and a police officer, a female police officer gets knocked down. And the mob, including you, walk over the barrier and march on. Right. Not the mob led by you. The mob including you. And, and he has to, yes, yes. Correct. Yes. Or the Capitol. Why didn't you stop to help this police officer who was who was knocked over? When she was knocked down and I started to go towards her to help her up. And 
I saw a billy club over here in the corner of my eye, and I thought, you know, they're going to think I'm part of this. So I backed off. You were part of it. I was there. <laughs> they thought they're going to think I was part of it. Yeah, yeah, you were part of it. Well, I was there. I, I didn't cause any of the violence, though. I wasn't a part of that, knocking her down. And he wasn't part of the violence. There's a big difference there. Once again, they've arrested so many people that weren't violent, that didn't even go into the Capitol. So, I mean... Uh, man, look at this. Look at this wild military operation. <laughs> look at this insurrection again I'm, I'm missing all the confederate nazi flags i, I don't see any but my, I, I must be having a bias ray epps was never seen committing an act of violence that day or entering the capitol epps told us when he saw the violence his fervor to enter the building became a desire to play peacemaker they're not the enemy. They're not the enemy. Appreciate you guys. And police body cam video backs him up. I thought I could stop it. So I went back and forth. I talked people down and worked the line back and forth. Step down, step down. We're good here. That kind of thing. And I kept it that way for quite some time. Take a step back. We're holding ground. We're not trying to get people hurt. They don't want to get hurt. You don't want to get hurt. I mean... Again, this just, it, uh, when I see stuff like this, that doesn't discredit to me he's working with law enforcement. It looks like he is working with law enforcement. He's like a, 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 in the, in, as a mediator. But I'm not saying that's evidence. Epps says he left the Capitol grounds to help evacuate an injured man. The time, 2.54 p.m. I looked back at the Capitol, and there was people crawling up the Capitol walls. And it looked like it looked terrible. I mean, I, I was kind of ashamed of what what was going on at that point. So I I started to walk out. I'm sure it wasn't mission accomplished. I'm sure, it wasn't mission accomplished. He told us that's when he sent this text to his nephew. Conspiracists saw it as the true confession of an agent provocateur. I was in front with a few others. I also orchestrated it. Explain this to me. I was boasting to my nephew. Oh, come on. It froze up. Did this to me earlier. Hold on, guys. We're going to, you're going to see how the bacon is made. I'm going to save the playlist to file. Um, cause I, cause I, I definitely want to come right back to that. And I had other ones up here too. Save. Okay. Let's see where we're at. 2406. Okay. We're going to come up here. Thumbs it up, subscribe and share. Remember at the top of the hour in about 14 minutes, everybody, we're going to the paid portion of the broadcast. I barely got to hit anything else other than Epps, which is fine because this is, um, you know, the Epps uh, document, but you know, it, it bothers me. All right. Let's see. We want to go to continue and bam. I helped get people there. I, I was directing people to the Capitol that morning. You know how this sounds. I know exactly how it sounds. I've been scolded by my wife. For I mean, look at this. So, so again, let's go back. Let's go back to the, what, what he says. So he says he looks back and people are climbing and that's it. And he felt ashamed, but he doesn't talk about the shame. 
with his nephew. It's not mission accomplished. It's I helped orchestrate it. Agent provocateur. I was in front with a few others. I also orchestrated it. Explain this to me. I was boasting to my nephew. I helped get people there. I, I was directing people to the Capitol that morning. You know how this sounds. I know exactly how it sounds. I've been scolded by my wife for using that word. I shouldn't have used that word. When you add up all of these things, as your critics have done, you've given them a lot of ammunition to paint you as this instigator. There was an effort. Yeah, I mean, you've given a lot of them ammunition. <laughs> to make me the scapegoat. If Ray Epps was a covert plant, he is the worst covert plant of all time. Uh, again, the, 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 first of all, covert plant is not the same as somebody who's working with an agency. All right, this whole covert plant, I hate that. I hate that. And, and this man, again, worked with the January 6th uh, committee, should not be trusted under any circumstances. And he's like, he basically says, it's too over the top. There's too much evidence. It can't be true. It's cartoon level. But we live in a cartoon. We live in the dark cartoon. If you are part of some elaborate conspiracy against thousands of people in Washington, D.C., I don't know why you'd want to stand out from the crowd the way Ray Epps did. Tom Jocelyn is a researcher and author. How else are you going to get everybody else to do it? Well, he's a researcher and he works with the January 6th committee. One of the country's top terrorism experts tapped by the January 6th committee to help write its final report, which found evidence far-right extremists like the Proud Boys planned and executed the breach of the Capitol. That should tell you all you need to know. There is no evidence that the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys planned to breach the Capitol or that orchestrated it. There's like if they could show you a text from a Proud Boy or an Oath Keeper that said that they helped orchestrate that, you'd see it everywhere. Be on every news station. It would be the smoking gun and the admission. Instead, they frame it. He says the evidence shows. There, this should show you the inverted reality of Leslie Stahl. And no, no, there was no corruption. No, he's not in a scandal. Yeah, no, we like Joe Biden and ice cream. So what? No, no, no. There, there it is. Those are the demons. Bunch of cosplayers. They, they orchestrated it, according to this guy. He says the committee interviewed Epps and found he wasn't important enough to put in the report. I wouldn't defend Ray Epps or anybody else who was on the Capitol grounds that day. I would just defend the facts. So the idea that he's leading the charge or really orchestrating it is just. I don't think he's leading any charge. And, you know, again, as far as orchestrating it, he's the one that took credit for that. Contradicted by this mountain range of evidence. And that's what the conspiracy theorists want you to want you to do, right? They don't want you to look at this mountain range of evidence. They want you to turn around and focus on this pebble on the ground named Ray Epps. They also don't want you to look at what President Trump was saying and doing. He And that should be the smoking gun. You can't trust this guy. What President Trump was saying and doing, what, to go to the back of the Capitol where there was a permit for a protest. The guy's 
completely dishonest. 100%. Paul's Epps' behavior baffling, but not evidence of a conspiracy. They've got to come up with some sort of connective tissue between Ray Epps and the FBI, and they've got none. And so they can make up all sorts of ad hoc arguments to justify their beliefs, but that's all they are. It's not actual investigative work. It's not actual evidence. The January 6th committee looked at the evidence, video, phone records, travel receipts. So did the FBI. When Epps got back to Arizona on January 8th, a relative told him he was on an FBI poster seeking information about certain rioters. So, again, he's on, he's on the site. He's there. They come visit him eventually, but he's taken off the next day because everybody got that kind of privilege. And that's not a smoking gun or even exculpatory evidence, right? Circumstantial evidence of anything. No, it's it's just the coinky dink. It's the old coinky dink. He literally hung up the phone and walked right into the house, sat down and called the FBI. Do you remember what you said to the FBI? Told them who I was and that I would cooperate in any way I could. I didn't break any laws. Two months later. So, so he's telling you, as soon as he found out, he called the FBI. Later, he met with agents. So when we met with the FBI, I mean, it was like, oh, finally, we're going to clear this up. Uh, there was no, I take the fifth. There was none of that. It was just like, we're talking right now. And went through everything. And they had a lot of questions. In the summer of 2021, the FBI took his picture off the Bureau's website. Epps thought that would end his troubles, but it only added fuel to the conspiracy. A new piece in Revolver News notes that the FBI removed a photo of Ray Epps from its most wanted page this summer. How about the one guy? Go in, go in, get in there, everybody. Epps, get in there. Go, go, go. Nothing happens to him. Legitimate question. <laughs> Legit, but he's the no guy. He's the Leslie Stahl. He does, he's not eating ice cream. It's not ice cream time. The Epps would dispute that. After former President Trump mentioned Epps by name, harassment and death threats picked up. So you notice that they show there's the there's the bullet casing. Now look, man, I I don't like death threats. I don't like any of this stuff. I, I and I'm not saying this isn't legitimate, but boy, they're opining for this guy, huh? Oh, people want to kill you for this. I pray to come to you to kill you. What do you think when you open a letter like that? Scares me to death. It got so bad, they were forced to sell their five-acre ranch outside Phoenix. They're now in hiding, living in this 300-square-foot recreational vehicle somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. We agreed not to disclose exactly where. It's so sad what people have done to Ray and to us and to our lives. Sometimes I've used my maiden name just so that we don't call attention. I have a hard time being a man, being on the, being a Marine, being on the run. I, I had to do the necessary things to keep my family safe. Poor Ray Epps. Poor Ray Epps. And, and don't worry, the coup de grace is that the FBI is going to confirm Confirmed. They never worked with Ray Epps. And because the FBI has never been dishonest either, or isn't allowed to be. Also, just want to point that out. 
If you're wondering what the FBI has to say about all this, for the past two years, it has said nothing. After repeated queries by 60 Minutes, late this past week, the Bureau issued this statement, quote, Ray Epps has never been an FBI source or an FBI employee. Never been an FBI source or employee, according to the FBI. There it is. Case closed, everybody. No more worrying. No more worrying at all. Nope, nope, nope. Man, I had these monster stories. I don't know if I can do them justice in just the five minutes I have, um, especially because this was Ray Epps heavy. I might save those for tomorrow because I got a bunch of clips I want to play on the other side of this. I got a six-minute Tuckins clip where really he talks about the nature of what's going on as being evil. And that's something that I do want to talk about because when people ask me what my religious perspectives are, right? Just like when they ask me what my political perspectives are, they're a little bit more nuanced, right? Than most, I, I would say. So I'm not a conservative. I'm not a liberal. I, w I wouldn't even paint myself as a libertarian. A lot of people love that. Uh, I'm a constitutionalist at best, but at the at, at the end of the day, I'm also a human being, right? And obviously there were enough loopholes in our constitution that our national security state got out of control. But to me, at least in its inception, it's that perfectly imperfect document. And then I often get asked what I believe religiously. And I say, look, I'm, I'm agnostic at best. And for those that don't know what agnosticism is, is I believe there very well could be a God or a deity um, at the same time, I don't think that you could ever prove it, right? And I do believe that there is uh, some type of force or intelligent design, whether you want to call that God or not or nature or whatever. I, and I'm not here to give you some guy or religion either. But ultimately what I believe in, um, in that sense, in that force, um, in that consciousness, that good and evil exist. They're, they're not abstract ideas just based on social mores and experiences. They're not. There is inherent good and there is inherent evil. And I feel like on a daily basis, time and time again, um, we are experiencing inherent evil. And we must push back against that inherent evil. And that's why I think that, you know, the documentary films I put out there are an important tool. Uh, this show is an important tool. Maybe it was a little long-winded today, but I guarantee you most people are just going to be playing the three-minute clip they put on uh, YouTube or clips from Twitter. They're not going to break down the whole thing. They're not going to show you the Leslie Stahl for reference, et cetera. I like, I like to do things a little bit different here. And aside from the Tuckins clip, I've also got some Annie Jacobson. I've also got Bryson Tucker, which is something I was talking about playing like two, three weeks ago. Uh, not just because I love MMA, but because, you know, a country boy like Bryce, man, he gets it more than most. And that he says things on Tucker, there's no way that you can say on YouTube. So we'll leave that for the second half of the broadcast. Thank God. There are rock fins, and thank God there are rumbles. And I get it, rumbles not perfect. They got Peter Tealy boy, 
the old Tealmeister as one of the major investors. So I'm not blind to that. Thumbs it up, subscribe, share. Remember, you can listen to the whole thing free. The next hour, we're far from done. We do another hour. Quite frankly, some of the clips are even better than the Ray Epps stuff. If we get to Ecto Life and the artificial womb stuff, which we probably will get to. I mean, that'll probably be the meat and potatoes of the second half of the second hour, last 30 minutes of the show. So consider coming over, redvoicemedia.com slash Jason, redvoicemedia.com slash uncensored. Try it for a buck. You don't like it, give it up, but you might like it. 10 bucks a month or $100 for the year. Tell them Jason Burmis sent you. That's the uh, cue to my producer to flip it over as we say goodbye to you guys. I wish we were saying goodbye to three different places. Uh, but unfortunately, we are not anymore because uh, we're not on the Twitter. So Rockfin, I love you. YouTube, you know the drill. Um, and Rumble, thanks for being there. All important stuff. So we'll give it a second here. And um, after I get a text or a confirmation, my, my phone seems to be just a little bit slow. Just a little bit slow sometimes. Then we will uh, hit this Tucker clip. It's like a six-minute clip. But I think he nails a lot of it, especially in the case of good and evil and how we are living through um, what can only be described as evil. So that being said, let's get to the Tuck. It might be time to start to reassess the terms we use to to describe what we're watching. So when I started at Heritage, the presumption was, and this is a very Anglo-American assumption, that the debates we're having are kind of rational debates about the way to get to mutually agreed upon outcomes. Right. So like we all want the country to be more prosperous and free and people to be less oppressed or whatever. And so we're going to argue about tax rates. And I think higher tax gets gets us there. I'm a Keynesian and you disagree or an Austrian or whatever. But the objective is the same. And so we write our papers and they write their papers and may the best papers win. I, I, I don't think that's what we're watching now at all. I don't think we're watching a debate over how to get to the best outcome. I think that's completely wrong. And I've come to this conclusion, not, and I should say at the outset I'm an Episcopalian, so don't take any theological advice from me because I don't have any. I grew up in the foul, shallowest faith tradition that's ever been invented. It's not even a Christian religion at this point. Um, I say with shame, but I, you know, I actually had to look up Episcopalian after this, and it does talk about them being uh, extremely inclusive these days. Um, but again, I like how he makes the point. You know, there used to be a debate about economics. You're Austrian, Keynesian, and the outcome, at least, you felt like the outcome at least the people weren't just on the grift. They really believed it worked better. And it was an honest or at least semi-honest debate. Are we having those honest or semi-honest debates these days? I'm just saying this as an observer of what's going on. There is no way to assess, say, the transgenderist movement with that mindset. Policy papers don't account for it at all. If you have people who are saying, I have an idea, let's castrate the next generation. Let's sexually mutilate children. I'm sorry, that's not a political debate. What? There's nothing to do with politics. What? No, it's, it's, it's a revolution of a transhumanist nightmare by a predator class that wants to ultimately eliminate the vast majority of human beings. It is evil. And, and that's the thing. I'm, Tucker has to start making this 
this trans connection. It's not just about castration. It's the idea of disconnecting you from your family and from your biological reality. Believe the hype. What's the outcome we're desiring here? An androgynous population? Is that really what we are? We arguing for that? I don't, I don't think anyone could like defend that as a positive outcome. But the weight of the government and uh, you know a lot of corporate interests are behind that. Well, what is that? Well, it's irrational. If you say, well, you know, I think abortion is always bad. Well, I think sometimes it's necessary. That's a debate I'm familiar with. But if you're telling me that abortion is a positive good, what are you saying? Well, you're arguing for child sacrifice, obviously. It's not about like, oh, a teen, you know, a teen girl gets pregnant and what do we do about that? And victims of rape, I, you know, I get it. I, of course, I understand that. And I have compassion for everyone involved. But when the Treasury Secretary stands up and says, you know what you can do to help the economy get an abortion? Well, you, that's like an Aztec principle, actually. There's not a society in history that didn't practice human sacrifice. Not one. I checked. Even the Scandinavians, I'm ashamed to say. It wasn't just the Mesoamericans. It was everybody. So like, that's what that is. What's the point of child sacrifice? Well, there's no policy goal entwined with that. No, that's a theological phenomenon. And, I, and that's where I do think he nails it. That's a theological phenomenon. And, and look, they may hide behind science all day, but it is a religion for them. They want to become God. That's, that's it. And when I say they, it is a, a minutia. It ain't no 1%. We're talking about generational nepotistic bloodlines of hate and lies of command and control that's what that is and that's kind of the point i'm making none of this makes sense in conventional political terms when people or crowds of people or the largest crowd of people at all which is the federal government the largest human organization in human history decide that the goal is to destroy things destruction for its own sake hey let's tear it down what you're watching is not a political movement it's evil but it is a political movement that's where he gets it wrong he's right it is evil destruction not just for destruction's stake but for what they plan to rebuild after the fact unfortunately it's not even a rebuild it's as they build build towards they have to destroy the old, bring in the new. So if you want to assess, and I'll put it in non, and I'll stop with this. I'll put it in non, I'll put it in non-political, uh, or non, rather non-specific theological terms, and just say, if you want to know what's evil and what's good, what are the characteristics of those? And by the way, you know, I, I think the Athenians would have agreed with this. This is not necessarily just a Christian notion. This is kind of a, I would say, widely agreed upon understanding of good and evil. What are its products? What do these two conditions produce? Well, I mean, good is characterized by order, calmness, tranquility, peace, whatever you want to call it, lack of conflict, cleanliness. Cleanliness is next to godliness. It's true. It is. And evil is characterized by their opposites. And look, when we talk about cleanliness and godliness, that's based on like a, it might be even the Canterbury Tales. I'm, don't get, don't quote me on that one. I could, 
I'm not Professor Burmis. I, I did read um, that whole thing, cleanliness, godliness, et cetera. And, and really what I think Tucker's trying to convey here, it's not just a clean appearance, but in order to have a society that works, right, we have to have a sewage system and electricity and clean streets and that type of order. And that does um, create social situations and societies that are positive and more caring and loving and empathetic and inherently good. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Violence, hate, disorder, division, disorganization, and filth. So if you are all in on the things that produce the latter basket of outcomes, what you're really advocating for is evil. That's just true. I'm not calling for a religious war, far from it. I'm merely calling for an acknowledgement of what we're watching, which is not what, and I'm not certainly not backing the Republican Party. I mean, ugh. I'm not making a partisan point at all. I'm, I'm just noting what's super obvious. Like those of us who are in our mid fifties are caught in the past in the way that we think about this. One side's like, no, no, you know, I've got this idea and we've got this idea and let's have a debate about our ideas. They don't want a debate. Those ideas won't produce outcomes that any rational person would want under any circumstances. Those are manifestations of some larger force acting upon us. It's just so obvious. And that's that for, and I'm glad he, he phrased it that way. Now, I hope he's not getting ready to go full alien or something crazy like that. Cause I'm, I'm certainly not that guy. You guys know how I feel about the, the, the alien stuff and that Johnny nonsense, et cetera. But the bottom line is I think he's right. I think he's right. There is a larger force and that force is evil. It's completely obvious. And I think two things. One, we should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates where we are using the terms that we used in 1991 when I started at Heritage as if maybe, you know, I could just win the debate if I marshaled more facts. I've tried that, doesn't work. And two, maybe we should all take just like 10 minutes a day to say a prayer about it. I'm serious, like why not? And I'm saying that to you, not as some kind of evangelist, I'm literally saying that to you as an Episcopalian, the Samaritans of our time. I'm coming to you from the most humble and lowly theological position you can. I'm literally an Episcopalian, okay? And even I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future, and I hope you will. It's interesting. You know, I, I do believe in man, manifest, manifestation of thoughts through action and thoughts through words. And that is essentially to me, um, some of the most important parts of the power of prayer. Uh, I don't dismiss all of it, especially when it's not something that you're frivolous about and you really mean, and you're not just um, doing almost out of uh, virtue signaling. You know, I know that conservatives like to use that term virtue signaling on the other side, but seriously, think about what I'm saying there. Like that's, that's, uh, that's a reality. That's something needs to be looked at, but here's the deal, Tuck. 
This is the future. The video I'm about to play, Ectolife, the world's first artificial womb facility. Now, I want I, I want to put some some big 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 disclaimers on this video too, just like we did with the Ray Epps stuff. First of all, this facility does not exist. Let me repeat that. This facility does not exist. However, from everything I've seen, this is not some kind of parody. This is something I missed uh, three, four months ago when it came out. See, I, I miss stuff all the time. I'm far from perfect. But when I saw it, I was just like, well, this is unzip jeans. This is taking charge of baby making in the new millennium. This is taking away the traditional family unit. This is licensing um, biologically engineered children. And I don't know what else to say about it. This isn't Black Mirror. This is a vision of a company that wants to make this happen. Let me repeat that. They want to make this happen. This isn't some dark parody. I wish it were. All right. If it is, if it's some kind of goof and a joke, bravo. Still illustrates the very real ideal set of what the powers that should not be want to come to fruition. So buckle up. It's Ectolife. And I want to say again, the facility doesn't exist. And even according to the fact checkers, this is a, a blueprint for, for a real idea. Introducing Ectolife, the world's first artificial womb facility powered entirely by renewable energy. Ectolife allows infertile couple to conceive a baby and become the true biological parents of their own offspring. I mean, right out of the gates. Oh, so it's powered by green and sustainable energy. Everything is going to be sustainable. I mean, and the pods don't look anything like the Matrix baby battery pods. No, 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 nothing like that. Jason, you're crazy. It's a perfect solution for women who had their uterus surgically removed due to cancer or other complications. With Ectolife, premature births and C-sections will be a thing of the past. Ectolife is designed to help countries that are suffering from severe population decline, including Japan, Bulgaria, South Korea, and many others. They're all so worried about population decline. Sure they are. No, no, no. no. They just feel like they can acclimate the Asian countries first to this ideal set and at the same time um, separate them from traditional family values. The facility features 75 highly equipped labs. Each state-of-the-art lab can accommodate up to 400 growth pods or artificial wounds. Every pod is designed to replicate the exact conditions that exist inside the mother's uterus. A single building can incubate up to 30,000 lab-grown babies per year. Ectolife allows your baby to develop in an infection-free environment. Lab-grown babies in an infection-free environment. So now the safety of the baby which if it were in a natural womb would be referred to as a fetus, by the way. 
See how that works? Oh, it's infection-free. It's a sterile environment. It's a safety clause. The pods are made of materials that prevent germs from sticking to their surfaces. Every growth pod features sensors that can monitor your baby's vital signs, including heartbeat, temperature, blood pressure, breathing rate, and oxygen saturation. The artificial intelligence-based system also monitors the physical features of your baby and reports any potential genetic abnormalities. The pods are equipped with a screen that displays real-time data on the developmental progress of your baby. These data are sent directly to your phone so you can track your baby's health from the comfort. I'm not even pregnant. We could have sex now. Yeah. Look how great it is. They, they, there's an app. It's telling us all about the baby. So in, instead of you, you know, touching your, your partner's stomach, feeling the baby kick, and then, by the way, there are many studies, many studies that show that that being inside of you, their consciousness and their connection to you as a parent starts well before birth. They're trying to eliminate that. ...of your zone. The app also provides you with a high-resolution live view of your baby's development. A special section in the app allows you to watch a time-lapse of your baby's growth and share it directly with your loved ones. Because babies can recognize language and learn new words while still in the womb, Ectolife Growth Pods feature internal speakers that play a wide range of words and music to your baby. So now they're acknowledging what I just told you, right? But you're going to let some company pipe in which is well basically our post-hypnotic suggestions i mean mind control yeah i mean i don't know i don't know how else to put it if you think they're teaching the baby their abcs um and there's no agenda on it you're very naive very naive through the app you can choose the playlist that your baby listens to you can also directly sing to your baby and make them familiar with your voice before birth. Our goal is to provide you with an intelligent offspring that truly reflects your smart choices. Don't, if you have a pod baby, they're going to play the violin. Have a pod baby. Life improves your bonding experience with your baby thanks to a 360 degrees camera that's fitted inside your baby's growth pod you can use your virtual reality headset to explore what it's like to be in your baby's place so everybody out there that doesn't get how this transhumanist movement also relates to vr and eventually the idea that your consciousness can be uploaded to a machine take note these things are constantly going to be incorporated and constantly presented as the new normal and constantly presented as the safer, more sterile way to do things. And all it'll take is some kind of a scamdemic. And, and who knows, maybe this time something a little more virulent is released. Or maybe this time. 
there's so many autoimmune disorders out there that no matter what, and especially say it's really not no matter what, because listen, the human body's badass. We are badass. There are ways to mitigate almost anything, especially with this, this noggin, that the powerful device inside your head, not over your eyes. Okay. That's real. But at the same time, you know what? You, you, a lot of people may be denied that treatment. We've seen denial of treatment before, haven't we? Haven't we? In fact, um, you know, the Tuckins Bryce Mitchell clip that I want to play after this, if we have time, uh, that's, I mean, that that lays it down. I mean, he he talks about it. He talks about it. And I don't want to talk about it because we might release this on, on uh, the other platforms in two weeks like we do with all the premiums. Um, but see what they see and hear what they hear using a wireless haptic suit connected to your baby's growth pod you will be able to sense their kicks in the womb and share this experience with your friends and family members you see how ridiculous this is again i mean watch upload watch upload watch upload watch upload it's on amazon prime that's the dystopia they they would love to make us a part of. Oh, don't worry. We'll give you a haptic suit when you want to feel the baby kick. What? Like, think how ridiculous that is. It's beyond. And you'll be able to share that with other people. And they'll be like, why am I touching a suit? That's not the baby. Ectolife, your baby will receive the best nutrients that can support their growth. Each group of pods is connected to two central bioreactors. The first bioreactor contains nutrients and oxygen, which are supplied to your baby through an artificial umbilical cord. This bioreactor also contains a liquid solution that serves as the ambiotic fluid that surrounds babies in the mother's uterus. It's rich of vital hormones, growth factors, and antibodies that sustain your baby's growth and development. Thanks to a system controlled by artificial intelligence. Oh, AI. Nothing to be concerned about there. AI has been so useful lately. It's been doing such a, it's been doing God's work, that AI. Nothing biased about it at all or what they're telling us is AI. No problems with it at all already. AI, baby making factories, artificial wombs, nutrients, post-hypnotic suggestions, VR, and haptic baby kicking. Awesome. Each baby receives custom nutrients tailored to their needs. The second bioreactor is designed to eliminate any waste products produced by the babies. The artificial umbilical cord helps the babies to release their waste products into the second bioreactor. With the help of a delicate layer of engineered enzymes, the second bioreactor can then recycle waste products and turn them back into useful nutrients. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like when they tell you they want you to eat the sewage water or drink the sewage water. Oh, yeah, we're just going to distill your sewage water. We're in wa we're in water world where you're peeing into a distiller to drink it again. Great. Awesome. Top notch. Can't wait. Love this future. 
This way, the facility ensures a steady and sustainable supply of fresh nutrients to your baby. With Ectolife, miscarriage and low sperm count are a thing of the past. Prior to placing the fertilized embryo of your baby inside the growth pod, in vitro fertilization is used to create and select the most viable and genetically superior embryo. It is the superior embryo. Das Buzhagen. Superior embryo. Giving your baby a chance to develop without any biological hurdles. And if you want your baby to stand out and have a brighter future, our Elite Package offers you the opportunity to genetically engineer the embryo before implanting it into the artificial womb. The Elite Package. <laughs> GMO babies, baby. Again, this is not a reality yet. This is a model for a company called Ectolife. But in no way is this a parody. This is it. Like they're trying to do this. They're, they want this is the model. They want this to be the norm. Thanks to CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing tool, you can edit any trait of your baby through a wide range of over 300 genes. By genetically engineering a set of genes, the Elite Package allows you to customize your baby's eye color, hair color, skin tone, physical strength, height, and level of intelligence. It all. That's ridiculous. Again, level of intelligence. Come on now. Also allows you to fix any inherited genetic diseases that are part of your family history so that your baby and their offspring will live a healthy, comfortable life free of genetic diseases. How archaic. Say goodbye to the pain of childbirth and birth-related muscle contractions. Ectolife provides you a safe, pain-free alternative that helps you deliver your baby without stress. The delivery process is smooth, convenient, and can be done with just a push of a button. After discharging the amniotic fluid from the artificial womb, you will be able to easily remove your baby from the growth pod. Everything is perfectly designed so you and your partner can enjoy the delivery process. That, that wouldn't be a delivery process other than you're delivering a GMO product. I mean, I just, I, I'm, I'm blown away, you know, before I finish it, because this has literally another two minutes plus before we finish it, um, you know, Annie Jacobson posted this in a world of synthetic biology, publishing virus DNA sequences may mean perishing like synthetic biology is the real deal. Okay. The real deal. Forget about just SARS, COVID-2 and viruses. Yeah, you know, we talk about biomimetics, transhumanism. That's what all this is. Is that what you're looking at really with this genetically modified baby is another road to transhumanism. I mean, that's part of transhumanism. It's a piece of transhumanism. You're watching it. To ensure full transparency, our post-delivery free DNA paternity test helps you confirm the genetic identity of your baby so you can return home knowing that your baby is genetically yours. Genetically yours, but overall ours.
We will regiment all human life. We will have the command and control system. We will decide what you eat, when you eat it, where you live, and how you travel. You don't have to worry about power cuts or carbon footprint. Carbon foot, they're always worried about that carbon footprint. Everything's gonna be sustainable. Ectolife uses highly efficient, clean, renewable energy consisting of solar and wind power. advanced pods operate with minimal energy needs, making it easy for your baby to make it to full term without any complications. And for those who want a more convenient solution, Ectolife is made accessible so your life can be easier. Thanks to our miniaturized bioreactors and long-lasting batteries, you can use Ectolife growth pods at the comfort of your home allowing you to incubate your baby in your building without the need to visit our factory. I mean, our fac our baby factory. Well, don't worry, we'll have the home usage too. We'll have the home model for your baby in case you want to go see it. Just as sustainable, I'm sure. By owning your special growth pod, you will have the ability to build a happy family, one baby at a time, away from any birth complications. Life facility was designed by biotechnologist and science communicator Hashim Al-Ghaili. It relies on groundbreaking research work that has been conducted by scientists and engineers since 1950s. Waiting for a response from an adoption agency? Unable to find a suitable surrogate mother? Worried about pregnancy complications? Worry no more. Look at how unhappy the pregnant lady was in that. It's just. The propaganda is deep, everybody. It is deep. Because Ectolife got you covered. Ectolife got you covered. Music by Tiago Nugent concept art by Hashim Al-Ga'ali. So that's the concept. But that, that, again, it's a dark concept, but that's what they want, for real. So, play the other Tucker clip. Those are the feel-good clips, right? The Tuckins clips. And, and Tucker's not perfect, and believe me, I hated the Musk stuff, and I thought it was ridiculous, and I think a lot of what he does is, is semi-ridiculous as well. Um, but when he gives... My boy Bryce Mitchell from the UFC, uh, a venue to talk about myocarditis, the new world order, and how they're trying to kill us. Bravo. Most professional sports leagues, in case you haven't noticed, have been turned into propaganda tools for politicians. But one stands apart. That would be the UFC. It's an American league filled with all kinds of international competitors, but its values are fundamentally American, hard work and free speech. And maybe for that reason, and because it's great television, it's the fastest growing professional sports league in the United States. So we thought it'd be worth spending some time finding out who are these people. We made a documentary called Fight Night. Here's a preview. You allow your fighters total free speech. They can say whatever they want, whether they agree with you or not. Absolutely. You know, when they're upset, they, they, they let everybody know. And when they don't like something, they're, they're free to speak about it. And uh, yeah, we don't try to muzzle anybody for any reason. Here's something you're probably not going to hear from a player in the NBA. 
so many of the members of our government are guilty of treason. They sold our oil reserves to China. We're going to leave you our tanks and our choppers and our aircraft. Remember that? This is treasonous. And I think they're trying to get us invaded. You have to destroy a cancer cell. They are trying to take our guns. I'd rather die. And they're pushing all this training stuff upon me. The insider trading, you know. And these career politicians, they're making on paper $50,000 a year, whatever. They're living in something 10 times the size of that camper. But on paper, they make half as much as me. Huh. Huh. Have A lot of them are pedophiles. A lot of them are guilty of treason. When you're convicted of treason, the penalty is death. And that's the only way you fix it. My name is Bryce Mitchell, and I fight for USC. So if I was in the NFL, they'd want me to be kneeling at the flag. And if I was in the NBA, I'd have to play on a court that says Black Lives Matter. So the UFC, unlike any other sport in the modern era, allows fighters to truly say what they want to. Hey, man, I'm a big combat sports guy, and I, I got to tell you, Overall, great, but then their deal, I'm, I'm, this is going to be some criticism, their deal with ESPN, the commercials that I have to watch, even though I'm on a paid service, I'm paying, right? I'm paying money for it. And it's funny, like, the, the triple package is something like $12.99 with commercials with the other two. I, I have forced to com with commercials on ESPN+. Plus. And some of them, you know, he, t he talked about the drag stuff. It's like Instagram with boys in makeup, right? It's it's the drugs for HIV, et cetera, all the time. That, that, a lot of the stuff I see on ESPN, because that's a part of Disney, by the way, I don't like. But at the same time, Dana has shielded um, the fighters from this uh, Disney corporate mentality of, of complete and total censorship as well. You have to give them that credit. It's real. You will not see other athletes getting to speak like the UFC athletes get to. They get to say whatever they want, whenever they want. Jimmy Kimmel, you, the mainstream media? That's not a UFC guy. That bothers me that they put this in there. Okay? And, and I don't know that Jimmy Kimmel is a pedophile, by the way. Hollywood, we're all pedophiles to me. Eat they realize he's not even a southpaw anymore. I'm wondering if you heard that and does that change anything about your game plan? I just hope they realize Black Lives Matter. Brazil, you're a dog. All you filthy animals suck. And it's a, you got Dana White privilege. Uh, <laughs> and the reason is, is because Dana White is extremely tolerable with his athletes and he believes in free speech. One of the best parts of this job from our perspective is the amazing people you meet when you make a documentary like this. And in the course of making this documentary, we met one of our favorite people well in years. Bryce Mitchell is a UFC fighter from Arkansas and a really interesting and deep person and I would say a great advocate for his views. Bryce, thank you so much for coming on. It's just an honor to be here, brother. My favorite journalist of all time. I mean, <laughs> well, it don't get better than this, brother. This well, is real you. news thank for real you. Americans. It's funny. Th there isn't another sport where a competitor at your level, you're one of the top UFC fighters, could say exactly what he thinks on television, is there? Not, not from what I know of. They all get in trouble. Yeah, they all get in trouble. So what? what's the response from... The people you deal with at UFC, which are the league you fight for, when you say your opinion. 
but there is no response. They just let me say what I want and I have to deal with the repercussions. But those repercussions have all been positive because I've been preaching about God. I've been preaching about, you know, just just hard blue collar workers in this country, yes. how that's important. And, you know, I when I'm in these uh, press conferences for the fights and they're asking all these questions about fighters and this and that. I don't want to talk about that. I don't care about to talk about fighting. I do it all the time. Yeah. Like you've got a bruise on your face. I noticed. Right. Yeah. The, you know, I've been training a little bit. <laughs> Who gave me that bruise? I that was you backstage, man. <laughs> I mean, this is a fun one, man. But again, we got about two and a half minutes to go in the clip. And when Bryce Mitchell breaks it down, like he did in the documentary, top notch stuff. Stop, stop to hide. I'm man. not tangling with Bryce Mitchell. <laughs> but, you know, these these guys, they want to talk about all this football and basketball and all this stuff, and that don't interest me. I want to talk politics. I want to talk government. Because as an athlete, we should be held to a higher standard. you got to understand, an athlete lives their dream because of the blue-collar workers of this country, because the soldiers of the country, because the economic uh, stability of this country. That's yes. what I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about sports when I'm on a TV on, on Fox News. I don't. I could care less. The sports are irrelevant. And all these athletes do, 99% of them make way too much money and don't give anything back to their community. I don't want to talk about them. They're losers to me. I want to talk about politics. I want to talk about stuff that matters to the everyday person that gives me the ability to be an athlete. You wouldn't be here without those things. I wouldn't be here without plumbers, electricians, soldiers, first responders, police officers, firefighters. I want to talk about them. I don't want to talk about LeBron James, who has way more money than all of us here combined and never gives none of it back. I don't care about him. They're losers to me. And we need to stop holding these people to such high standards and, and basically worshiping them, making idols out of them. These people are losers. And we need to be having a society that is willing to talk about the government, willing to talk about the economics, because it's, so, it's not going to. It's not going to change if people don't start getting engaged in these conversations. Right. Yeah, I mean, basically what Bryce is saying is we shouldn't be worshiping at the altar of a celebritard culture. And I agree with him. But people are afraid. They are. They are. And it's going to be a lot scarier when China's coming over here and invading us on foot. You know, we've got we got to start talking about defenses. We got to start talking about how we're going to change the current situation because yeah. if not, it's going to be way scarier when all of those people come over here to take our freedoms by force. That's going to be scarier. Conversation ain't as scary as an actual battle. How will you respond to that? I'll take up my guns and I'll die for my freedom. And I would love to do that. It's gotten to the point where I just can't wait, actually. You can't wait to die for freedom? I can't wait, brother, because I, I just feel like they are trying to install this New world order, this one world government, whatever you want to call it, it is to systematically control people like me and you. Take our guns, take our rights, take our ability to produce fresh food. I mean, they literally control our food, you know. Uh, they want us to put poison vaccines into our body and then you get myocarditis, myocarditis and you drop dead. I mean, they're literally trying to control us and kill us. And that's what I want to talk about. That's what's important. My man. My man. That a boy, Bryce. That's what I'm talking about. New world order. He said it. Good job. All right. I'm going to hit some stories, and then I'm going to play this clip of Annie Jacobson, and I'm briefly going to talk about Yuri Geller. Um, big stories that kind of hit, haven't been able to talk about. All NATO allies have agreed Ukraine will become a member. Alliance chief reveals huge boost for Zelensky. Pay attention. Um, this matters. Oh, we're just yeah, they're going to be NATO. That was the that was the red line for Russia. 
Okay? Just, we, we can act like it wasn't. It's right there. U.S. and other countries evacuate embassy from Sudan. That means things are heating up there. Britain and France were among the nations that also moved to evacuate their diplomats on Sunday. Sudanese nationals continue to flee as uh, fighting in the capital, Karatan, stretch into a second week. So uh, another global conflict. When that stuff is happening, expect it to continue. Okay. Smart gun operating on facial recognition goes on sale in the United States. You got it? You understand how this is working? It's not just the biometrics of your fingers. No, no, no. Facial recognition on smart guns. That's a great idea. Colorado-based uh, BioFireTech is taking orders for a smart gun enabled by facial recognition technology and the latest development in personalized weapons that can only be fired by verified users. But in the sign of a long, challenging road that smart guns have faced, a prototype twice failed to fire when demonstrated for Reuters this week. Company founder and chief executive Kai Clover said the software and electronics have been fully tested and the failure was related to the mechanical gun, uh, which was made from pre-production and prototype parts. Not so sure, but again, they're pushing forward for a society that is ultimately controlled, not just through an internet of things, but an internet of bodies. And getting you ready for these types of tech, okay? So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna save the monsters among us stuff, and I'm gonna play this clip of Andy Jacobson talking about the CIA and ESP, extra sensory perception. And this brings us all the way back to the beginning of the program and grifters. I think the large majority of people that claim to have psychic powers or supernatural powers right? Or these insights or even insight sources, they're full of shit. They're grifters. Period. Amen. But some grifters are really good. Um, Yuri Geller is probably one of those. And Yuri Geller is a source for one of Jacobson's books. They're very good friends. Geller was CIA and Mossad, as we're going to illustrate later on. And I don't think that he's a true psychic, but I do think that he is very good at quote unquote magic and magic tricks and neuro-linguistics programming, which is really thought suggestion, and, and all are of the material world, okay? Now, for instance, when he went on, uh, I think it was Johnny Carson, The Tonight Show, and tried to demonstrate his psychic abilities under what James Randi would uh, put forth, he wasn't able to do so, and Randi was another one of these um, magicians who started calling out what he thought were grifters. Now, Randy himself and I have a, a history. You know, on the James Randy forums, it was all about debunking loose change and this and that. And there's even a documentary about Randy, which is really uh, interesting because Randy lived a lie for a lot of his life. He was a closeted homosexual. Just putting that all out there, man. You know, people people repress. So. I want to play this clip of Andy Jakes from talking about the CIA and the ES and ESP. Then I'm going to comment on it. Then we'll talk a little Yuri Geller. Was that 
nearby at the Stanford um, lab right now, there is a new program going on with a professor. I don't want to give it away because it's so tantalizing, but the CIA doctors that all worked on the programs in the 70s have been working on exactly what you're talking about, what the question asked. This idea, they're mapping the uh, cell biology and looking at DNA of deeply psychic people, all of many of the people who participated in the government's programs, and looking at the features uh, it, with incredible, extraordinary detail because of computer de technology to determine if there is what they call the genomics of supernormality, which is kind of a fancy way of saying, is there a gene for the paranormal? Whoa. So, and if you could do it for the paranormal, why wouldn't they be doing it also for, say, musical ability, intelligence generally, physics ability? This is right. Like, so again, this is where journalism crosses back and forth with um, fiction. This is like the boys from Brazil. If you all remember that story about cloning Adolf Hitler. Um, well, what I think is interesting and, and you can read this, is that the the lab, it's called the Nolan Lab at Stanford. I mean, Professor Gary Nolan has grants from DOD, from NIH, uh, all kinds of awards for work that he's done in oncology. But you, the reason why they're looking specifically for the genomics of supernormality is because that's the area that they're all really interested in. And what they're also looking- They're all, you mean the government? No, the, okay. these particular scientists that are, okay. that worked on the on the CIA programs, um, and also what they're looking for is working with, you know, are there drugs to enhance it? So yeah, again, I I, I I'm very skeptical of all of it. I, I even when we talk about the ecto life and the babies and how we're going to make people more intelligent and stronger, et cetera, through gene editing. I think there's a lot of grifting going on. And who are the biggest grifters? I'd say the Defense Department. I'd say the deep state. I'd say the national intel community. You know, the ones that actually control Leslie Stahl saying, no, no, no. And are there drugs to repress it? The government's always experimenting with drugs itself and prohibiting them to the citizenry. <laughs> Just seems like... I mean, and then they use psychics to find other people's drugs. <laughs> I try not to get irritated by these things, and I just, I can't help myself. Um, was there ESP in the animal kingdom that inspired any U.S. government programs? That's a great question. Mm. I mean, I was surprised to find the answer is yes. One of the earliest programs in the 50s was having J.B. Ryan, who's often called the father of ESP, do these psychic experiments with dogs and cats for the Defense Department. It's a wild story. They like, like again, when you talk about the technology of of you know unzip genes and artificial wombs and baby making you're talking about programs that go back that the post-world war ii era so among the grift okay i want to point this out yuri geller okay what about cia studies reveal about Mossad's secret weapon dun 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 so again this guy again man it drives me nuts because he's Mossad, man it doesn't matter how little i make it you can't see all of it. All right, that's fine. Let's see right here. Yuri Geller used mind powers to aid Mossad. Oh, by the way, this is the guy 
that's got his own island that you can become a citizen of. This is the guy promoting what alien life forms and contact and all that other stuff. Okay. And basically, um, he got kicked out of the CIA because they found out that he was Mossad. The Israeli-born psychic who lives in a mansion in Berkshire was also said to be working for Mossad and is praised in the film by Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Mossad is reported to have used his powers to disable radar at Entebbe, where Israeli commandos staged a rescue of hostages held by Palestinian hijackers. Nonsense. Nonsense. Yo, they use his secret powers. Never mind the NSA. Yuri Geller is the real spy story. This back in these, these articles are like a decade old. Okay. The spoon bender. Makes you wonder what the real black operations are about. Folks, I think that's going to do it for me. I'm sweating a little bit in here. Got a little hot. Got a little hot. Do want to remind you, everybody, that we do this Monday through Thursday. Uh, there is plenty of material. I want you to share the links with everybody. And if you're listening over on the Podbean, I want to thank you for joining us even on the free stream, guys. Because, look, this is about getting the information out, sharing it with others, talking about ectolife, talking about the lying mainstream media, breaking down 60 minutes and how trustworthy it really is. Uh, a lighter show today from some of the darkness that we do cover when it comes to sustainability. And I, I didn't do any of the sexual abuse stories I, I had up there, which you know, that's fine. Maybe I won't have nightmares tonight. Folks, I love you guys. Thank you so much. It's not about left or right. It's always about right and wrong. And I will see you all on the flip side.